This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian Perspective on the News. So Dr. Hammond is the founder of Frontline Fellowship, Reformation Society, African Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute, and sharing his thoughts today on current affairs. Dr. Hammond, good morning and welcome. Good morning. I'm sure we've all been uh, quite uh, stunned by the developments in Afghanistan. Uh, some background that may help people to understand what's been going on and so on. You know, the American troops have had confiscated, thrown away and burned Bibles. Uh, for example, at Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan, this uh, came out as quite a lot of shocks when churches back home, quite understandably, sent through Bibles to their church members who were serving in the U.S. military in Afghanistan. And as a matter of policy, uh, the U.S. military confiscated these Bibles, would not deliver them to the members who had received them, and burned them. And when these uh, shocks and scandals were brought to the fore, the U.S. Defense Department, the Pentagon, was uh, quite combative and not at all apologetic, and uh, they reported that Bibles written in the Pashto and Dori languages had been shipped out their mail there uh, by congregations in the United States. And the Defense Department was concerned that these books might somehow be used to convert Afghans. Well, I'm sure that was the intention, yes. But this incident became public in the time of the Obama administration, and a Colonel Mark Wright told the CNN that Religious outreach could endanger American troops and civilians because Afghanistan is a devoutly Muslim country. And therefore, they didn't want to offend the local people uh, by allowing Bibles to be distributed. So the Bibles were confiscated also because they said the U.S. military forbids troops from proselytizing in the country. Now, what do they mean by proselytizing? Well, just a trip to the dictionary, that means converting or evangelizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, plainly, evangelism was forbidden. U.S. forces who were in the area were not allowed to share their faith with the local people, which uh, is staggering. So the question was given, so why not just collect the Bibles and send them back to the same churches that had sent them uh, in the United States? And the U.S. military and the Pentagon admitted in interviews they had considered doing just that, but they worried that the church might send these Bibles to another organization in Afghanistan and that might give the impression that the U.S. government had some involvement in distributing or transporting uh, Bibles. And, uh, you know, amazing, they don't have a problem with the fact that they have just supplied billions of dollars of high-tech weaponry to a group that they define as a terrorist organization. Uh, they don't have a problem with selling phosphorus grenades to and phosphorus bombs to Israel, even though phosphorus is banned by the Geneva Convention, the Hague Rules of Warfare. They don't have a, bomb with, a problem with uh, drone strikes, uh, which in many cases actually kill more civilians and people not targeted than the uh, people they have specifically selected for assassinations. Uh, but they are concerned that Bibles might be distributed and that they might be guilty of it. Well, in June of this year, uh, the United States flew the rainbow flag representing the LGBT uh, whole agenda uh, in Afghanistan from the U.S. Embassy, and they sent out statements saying that they celebrated their 
contributions of LGBT to society and remains committed to supporting the LGBT agenda. In fact, now this is interesting because they said they couldn't allow Bibles in Afghanistan because that might offend the religious, uh, the devout Muslims of Afghanistan, but they didn't seem to mind offending them on matters promoting a very radical feminist agenda, a very radical LGBTQI plus, that's their quote, agenda. And President Biden sent a very strongly worded memo to the U.S. State Department to ensure that the United States diplomacy and foreign assistance promote and protect the rights of LGBTQI plus persons. And he described LGBTQ as one of our most dearly held values and he proclaimed June, this is President Biden proclaimed June as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer pride month, and declared that nearly 14% of my 1,500 agency appointees identify as LGBTQ. Plus, and there are pictures that I've got of uh, these rainbow flags flying over military bases in Afghanistan in June of this year. And you just sort of wonder if they thought that was the best way to promote respect for America in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. And you wonder how many Afghan people saw the rainbow flag flying over their $800 million U.S. embassy compound and said, oh, I'm proud to be fighting shoulder to shoulder with Joe Biden's gaze. Uh, probably none, uh, because many Afghans consider it to be just one step short of burning a copy of the Quran. And... Uh, when you look at how the U.S. government has now betrayed the allies in Afghanistan and abandoned people, not even informing their allies, Britain, Germany, uh, Denmark, and others of NATO, of uh, what they were doing, so that their allies were floundering around, and they were going behind enemy lines to try and rescue their civilians, while the U.S. military was not, just telling people, come to the airport. And... It's absolutely astounding the lack of concern, it would seem, uh, for the people left behind. Well, it immediately sent a whole lot of um, deja vu memories to my mind. I recalled when I was a guest of Jonas Zimbi's UNITA in Free Angola and Jumba, the capital of, of the uh, Free Angola back in 1980s, and Jonas Zimbi said, it is better to be America's enemy than America's friend. If you are her enemy, you will probably be bought. But if you're America's friend, you will certainly be sold. Now, as a guest of Jonas Wimby's headquarters in Jumba, it was 1986, and Jonas Wimby was by no means anti-American. In fact, he loved American history. He regularly quoted from George Washington and Thomas Madison and Thomas Jefferson. And he looked up to America as a city on the hill, an example of faith and freedom that he hoped to emulate in a free Angola. But he's referring to the U.S. State Department and its trail of betrayal. Jonas Wimby then leaned across the breakfast table and asked, do you know why there hasn't been a revolution in America for over 200 years? And his guests had lost to know how to answer the question. And the unique leader answered his own question, there's no American embassy in America. Well, everyone laughed and some squirmed in their seats because, um, unfortunately, historically, it's true, the amount of revolutions worldwide organized by U.S. embassies like the 1953 Op Operation Ajax that overthrew the democratic elected prime minister of Iran uh, for the good of oil companies in 1954, coup in Guatemala that overthrew the elected president there to establish a dictatorship which favored the American multinational United Fruit Company, 
and the coup in the Dominican Republic in 1962, organized by the CIA. I mean, all this being confirmed by the Church Commission in 1975 and the assassination of the South Vietnamese leader uh, in 1963, which was meant to be an ally of America, but organized by the CIA, in accordance with a request from South Vietnamese generals. And a coup in Brazil in 1964, organized again by Lyndon Johnson's uh, government. This government, which put in the Brazilian chief of staff, uh, was actually uh, orchestrated by the CIA from the U.S. Embassy, and it lasted from 1964 to 1985, and before the people were able to remove that. And these have been documented. Uh, CIA Black Ops, COVID Action, Foreign Policy, Democracy, that book was published in the year 2000. In 1977, South African journalist Ada Parker documented in the Citizen newspaper that the American Embassy reading room in Soweto was deliberately subversive, stocking books and comforts and magazines and films of Vladimir Lenin, Mao Tung, Karl Marx, Shea Fidel Castro, and other revolutionaries. Well, I've met people who were American servicemen who were betrayed and left behind, and one of them was Captain Redback Danielson. Captain Red McDaniels was a U.S. Navy aviator. Uh, he was shot down of a North Vietnam. He spent six years in captivity, being tortured in Hanoi, uh, in the concentration camp up in North uh, Vietnam. He wrote the book Scars and Stripes, the true story of one man's courage facing death at the POW in Vietnam. Well, I met Red McDaniels, and he uh, had founded the organization American Defense Institute and uh, pointed me to the book, Kiss the Boys Goodbye, How the United States Portrays Its Own Prisoners of War. And uh, he pointed out that it didn't just start in Vietnam, where they left behind 2,500 missing in actions POWs, uh, but uh, the Korean War, where they left behind over 9,000. And uh, in the First and Second World Wars, where they left behind thousands of men who had fallen into Russian hands in what was then the Soviet Union. And... Uh, uh, covered it up and lied about it. You know, uh, people who will, uh, government, I should say, who will abandon their own prisoners of war and, and actually mm. betray their enemies cannot be trusted. And we know that many American people are good people, but they need to be aware that the deep state, the swamp, has the blood of many innocents in their hands. Operation Kielhor, millions of Russians and East Europeans forcibly relocated uh, from Western Europe into the hands of the Soviets at the end of the Second World War. Those who will treacherously betray their friends and allies, who will burn Bibles, who will promote a, an agenda that the local people reject as perversion, and then say that you can't offend them with Bibles, they cannot be trusted. And that they can even abandon their own military in Marxist hellholes and lie and cover it up cannot be trusted. And so when we look at these things and say, how can this happen and how can God allow it? I think we need to remember that what a man sows, that shall he reap. Yeah. Wow. Doc, um, Dr. Hammond, that is um, great insight that you won't get on mainstream media at all, but it gives us a, a view on what's really happening in the world behind the scenes. And so thank you so much for sharing those thoughts this morning, Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, and the African Christian Action, uh, also the William Carey Bible Institute. Thanks for your time and um, these insights this morning, and I hope you have a great weekend as well. Thank you so much. God bless. Keep strong. Thank you. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.